have the confidence that you can accept the law. Now, as a point of interest, none of my men wear protection in the morning. None. After all, you wouldn't want your attacker to get injured. That hurt my foot. Welcome to Big D After Dark. It's Monday evening, and we're here to talk about FC Dallas soccer, uh, even after a kind of a disappointing second weekend, uh, second match of the season for FC Dallas. we got plenty to talk about, and, and grateful for those folks joining us, those folks who will continue to join us. And, and of course, this show is interactive, so we want you to use the chat feature on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, whatever, and send in your comments, your questions, your feedback, and we'll... We'll, we'll take them live. It'll adjust our flow of our conversation. And we've gotten the recordings going again for our podcast. So if you can't listen live, you can subscribe on Spotify and take advantage of that and catch up on our conversation. And we'll be sharing that info, um, making sure you see it. And you can find that at BigDSoccer.com. All right, I'm I'm kind of the, the host, the wrangler of this thing. Uh, you can follow me at Nathan J. Hill on Twitter. Got our buddy Ishmael there, Elk Belcora Isma. Uh, also on Twitter there, and our buddy Jose Carmona at El Chico Carmona. And Hello. finally, Tommy LaBeouf at Tom underscore FC Dallas. Right. We're here to talk. We're, well, let's get into it. Uh, right into it. Uh, a loss. A loss on the road against the reigning Supporter Shield holder, New, York, New England Revolution. And, uh, you know, probably not the most unexpected thing. It's just tough to win on the road in this league. It's tough to get results. But FC Dallas hung around and hung around and hung around. Didn't quite ever break through. So um, it, it, was, it was an interesting game to watch. There was definitely a lot of energy on the field, a lot of ideas, a lot of creativity. So I guess let's just start there. What are the positives? I mean, at, at this point, FC Dallas has one point from its first two matches. Not the start that any team in this league wants, especially when you look at our, our hated rivals to the South, Austin, with... Ten goals in two matches. Uh, w- wish we could start a little bit like that. I wish we, we could have played the teams they're playing. Yeah. Well, we've already got a first comment. Well, it, it, our buddy Todd Chatterley. Well, obviously it's Obrian's fault. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just get. I mean, what are the positives we can take? Ismail, we'll start with you, and then we'll go Jose, and then Tom. Uh. Well, the main overarching positive, overarching positive, is that we looked better for like half the time, or maybe a little bit more than the reigning supporter shield champions. And I mean, we can analyze specific uh, performances, which is a valid thing to do. But when Heel can only get like Carl's Heel, the MLS MVP can only get like two key passes in a game. That tells you something. That tells you that uh, they not not necessarily got lucky with their PK, but if uh, small mistakes weren't made to build up to a moment like that, it probably would have gone a different way. 
Um, I mean, performance-wise, I think the the continuation of Pax and Hedges being their old selves is incredible. Uh, hopefully, this can keep going. Uh, we're not going to jinx it because you know anything can happen. But they're looking like their old selves. Um, Ariola looks like. He's going to be a good pickup. Uh, he still performs at a very decent level. Um, and I think the main one is that Surio looks like he's back to that incredible 2019 first half run where he could like like surprised everybody and was one of the best um, homegrowns for that first half of the year. So, I mean, there have been some very good performances, and I think the team did okay despite the result. Jose? Yeah, I just want to expand on Surreal. Um, I think Surreal, I think, has shown himself to be one of these players that plays depending on his confidence level, and his confidence is up right now. We've seen him play better when he's feeling confident, and as long as he can keep, carry that on, uh, I think I like, uh, with this knowing that, I like what I see. My takeaway is the defense looks solid. Uh, yes, there were some hiccups, I think, in the last 20 minutes probably due to lack of conditioning or, or, you know, some players not being fully fit yet. Uh, I know Martinez uh, really was really – I'm surprised they didn't yank him. I mean, I, 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 I thought he gave the ball up a couple of times. And, and, and just after looking solid for like 70 minutes, I just thought he struggled the last 20 minutes. Um, and – other than that, though, I mean, I, I thought, you know, I was looking at the way the defense played. Honestly, they don't get that PK. It's a 0-0 draw on the road against the Shield, you know, defending Shield winners. That would have been an excellent result. Uh, it went from an excellent result to, to a loss. Um, so anyone panicking out there, I say, you know, it's okay to worry. I, I wouldn't panic yet. I mean, it's just two games and, and two tough opponents at that, and we got two tough opponents ahead. But uh, I like what I saw. I like what I saw. I, I, I think it's a performance the team can build on. That's, that's what I'm looking at. Is, is I thought they looked better overall than in the first week when we got the draw. So, and that's what you want to see. You want to see progression. You want to see improvement. And I thought we saw that. Tommy, what about you? What are your takeaways? You know, I, I actually thought they played better this game than they did last game. They outshot the revolution for sure. Uh, they had all the they had more possession. Uh, it was it was you know they played really well I thought and and but the thing is like I didn't leave that game didn't turn off the TV happy because you know that PK by that uh, that foul by Paxton was like you know I don't know how you know it, it, that it, it just didn't seem like a play that Paxton would make right and um, you know when you go in the box and defend you can't step on people's feet <laughs> I mean. It, bottom line you can't do that and what was he thinking i don't know but then then the other part of the game when when he got a yellow card for something i didn't think he he barely even got the guy it wasn't it wasn't a yellow card it, you know but the thing is i saw is that uh, we're still uh i i we're, i thought jesus played really well he had a one-two pass to um obrian in the box Gave him a perfect pass, and he was one-on-one with the keeper. O'Brien's got to finish that. I, I got a feeling that when Velasco gets on the field, it's 1-0. And I think that right now, I mean, I, 
I see, I see a room, a lot of room for improvement with O'Brien, but also I've seen him improve. You know, last year he didn't make these give and goes that they're working on. Obviously, you can see more than one time they did a give and go and he got open. And uh, you can see he's getting there, but he's not getting that last shot in, you know, and scoring that final pass to him. He's not mm -hmm. scoring. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we get Velasco in the game, for sure, we're going to see a difference. And I think the other thing is not only that, I think Jesus is getting a lot of attention because they're not, there's no one threatening, maybe Areola to some extent. But Velasco on the left is going to draw some attention and is going to leave Jesus open. It's a process. I'm not down on the team at all. I thought they played well. And this is just the second game with the second game for the coach as well. I mean, like the, the team is still building. As you know, we have a new signing coming in. Um, there's no reason to be down on this team. The coaching is solid. The play has been solid. It's only getting better. I like how Tommy got the team motto in there. In there. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. yeah i mean I, yeah I, I think you definitely saw the effort out there and, and even for jesus yeah. it didn't met well it maybe didn't come together well in the final third like I, I remember a point late when they did turn the ball over the midfield and jesus tracked back he was back farther he outran a far fan um to try to help cover and and i think that that's a sign of his willingness to fight and and try to do anything he can to, to impact the game. Um, I think credit to so, something I kind of noticed too is like it, it feels like like Lucci was very passive. It, and I think I think that not, not that I mean and passive is not maybe the best word, but just that Lucci had his system and he wanted to influence the game in this way. And, and so you know he wanted to put the guys in a position to succeed, and you know they went out with this fairly consistent formation at times. Uh, not too dissimilar what we're seeing, but I think we saw like Nico having a much more detailed game plan. And so every time Carlos Hill got the ball, he was being fouled. He was being bodied. And I think that's why we saw Paxton give up that, that dumb thing. Cause Paxton was like, this is your assignment in the midfield is to shadow this guy. And we saw multiple guys do that. And, and it made his Carlos heels life miserable for the game. Um, but sometimes that's what great players do is they, they make you make a little dumb mistake and, um, yeah, and you know, you pay a price for it. So, uh, and even credit to, to our goalkeeper, guess the right direction. I, for a moment I was like, Oh, you know, he's going to block, but nope. Um, so I feel like Nico just had that little more detail in even how they approached the game that made life a little more difficult revolution, even as they sort of did their thing there. Uh, how they're trying to attack and influence the game. So I, I thought that was a change. I don't know. Do you guys agree with me? Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't think uh, Lucci was that far off. I think Lucci's going to grow by being under Greg in the U.S. I think he's he's just missing that final piece, which is experience, that I think that we're seeing with Nico is that he's got a little bit more experience than than Lucci. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I agree with what you said. Um, I, I think – my only concern was at the end, like in the 70th minute, you know, past 70th minute, once, once the substitutes came in, you, you just kind of knew it wasn't going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but, but you, the, well, the substitutions that came in, that missing Hara, missing, you know, missing Velasco, that depth, that lack of depth becomes really obvious. I mean, you know, your best substitutes are, where Kinion, who's a defensive player, and Nano, who's 
supposed to be a defensive player who can attack, but then he missed that that one shot. Which, which I'm, my point is, my point is, you could just you knew it wasn't going to happen. You knew they didn't have the answer on the bench for added firepower. You know. That's, well, I thought Sticky came on and had some really nice passes from the midfield hitting on target yeah. Ariola in the box. And he almost scored yeah, on that. And I, I don't, I don't want to downplay that. He came in and played really well. He, that, he did play aspect. well, but, but, but it's, it's that, hey, do we have somebody that's, that's a playmaker that's going to get make something out of nothing? And we, we didn't really have it. Well, what about Javier's question here? You know, when will Nanu start over Emma Tumasi? Um, uh, you know, he said, due to Emma's turnover in defense, it resulted in Paxton's foul for a PK call. I mean, I bet, you know, uh, could have been other situations like this. It's kind of hard just to, to pin it on that. Um, you know, and Paxton, Paxton was just a step slower there. There's no PK call, and maybe there's no goal. You know, you never know. But, yeah, I mean, Nanu is getting his legs under him. He's getting more minutes, but he, he has... Flash something in this game. I mean, I think at right back he is definitely more comfortable and and uh, de- definitely was a good push kind of to get something going on that right side. Emma didn't have, I think, maybe no crosses in the game. I think the the player gra- grades article mentioned that that he wasn't really super effective going forward in this game. So maybe that opens the door for Nanu to get a start even this coming weekend. I'm not sure. What do you guys think? When does that switch happen if it happens? Well, I, I think it's going to happen as a break. Weekend. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't. I'm still up on Tomasi. He's growing, you know. He's learning. What I wanted to say is that I, I think it'll, um, I think it'll be this weekend. I think I think Nanu and Velasco make their debut, uh, starting debuts, and and Nanu. My problem with Tomasi is I think he played. Uh, I think he played well considering they were targeting his side. You know, the, the, the teams are going after him. Yeah. They're not going after Farfan. They're going after Tomasi. Right. But my my concern with Tomasi is whenever they they uh, try to push forward on his side, he just doesn't have the leg speed to get around his defender or beat them. He, he, would, he would basically have to stop and, and cycle the ball back. That's something that that this team needs. I mean, Farfan, who's not supposedly not a really good offensive player, was managing to do that. He was, you know, maybe he wasn't using his leg speed. I think he was being using more his uh, his dribbling more than anything, or his movement to to get forward. But Tuomasi was basically wasn't he just wasn't getting past his defender. He was basically running down the sideline and getting cut off. And and you saw that go away when Nanu came on, and that's. That's just something that the offense needs. If, if you're, if you're the, if you're the, you know, they're gonna send either the left back or the right back forward, not both at the same time. So if you're the guy going forward, then you need to be able to get forward. You can't stall. And I, I, that's my only, that's really my only complaint on Tomasi. I thought he was solid defensively. I thought, considering he's being targeted, and 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 the fact that the defense was solid. So defensively, I think he's solid. I just. Like you said, he wasn't very effective with his crossing. I don't think he's yeah. very effective going forward. And and I just think he lacks – I don't know if he lacks quickness, footwork. Maybe it's reaction. Maybe he's waiting a little too long to, to, to go. I don't know what it is because I've mm-hmm. seen him play fast. He just 
didn't look fast. Maybe well, I think he's still learning to play the position. I wouldn't give up on him. I mean, I, I was I, think, I was very hard on Reggie when Reggie was thrown into the mix. And look how Reggie came in. And I think the same thing for O'Brien last year. I was ready to say get rid of the guy. And look, he's really come around. He's not the, the polished product in the final third, but he's improved. And I think that Tomasi has a solid base with his ball control. And, his. you know, once he gets the ball, no one's taking it away from him. It's his defense has got to improve. And if they sit him on the bench, he's not going to get better. So I think he will continue to play. The question is, is he start or not? But if, he, if you know, if Nanu does start, you lose that guy coming off the bench to make an impact against a tired defense, right? Uh, you know, I, it, it, we'll see how uh, Nico chooses to do that. But he needs more time to, I mean, to get better. I mean, Tomasi is did not play well offensively because he was go, going against Dejuan Jones. And yeah. no one, no one in the league gets past him. <laughs> Jones is one of the fastest players yeah. in the league. Tomasi's not, not getting past point. him. And Nanu only gets past him because he gets in in the second half when Jones has been speeding on the touchline the entire game. And that's why I don't think we can really make an, uh, an assessment whether or not Nanu is better than Tomasi as a right back until we see him for a full 90. Because... I'm sorry, I didn't see Nanu do any defensive plays at all in that game. And okay. maybe there was one or two that I missed, but nothing like with any actual like that had like that he had to do like a painstaking yeah. tackle or like had to like chase down a, an attacker because that at the end of games he doesn't need to do that. And he's done it now twice mm-hmm. in a game where he shows up and gives a spark, but well, how does he last in be... the ninety Yeah. It's just yeah. I, I mean, I want to agree with what Ismail says about the fact that he come, comes in late and the defender's tired. I think there's a lot of validity to it because uh, I, I don't know in my comments, I was saying that I'm sorry, but there was a difference when Nanu was on, on, the, on, the, on the field. You could see he was higher level player going forward, but I think it's fair to say we didn't really see him uh, defensively enough to make a judgment on this defense. And it's fair to say that his defender was probably tired of chasing Tomasi around. So I I think those are all valid points. And we'll they didn't score on Tomasi. They didn't score on him. No, right? no. I, I, I said his defense was solid. I, I, I did yeah, yeah. Solid. I have no problem with him continuing to start it. He needs to get better. And the only way he's going to get better is playing. He's, you know, um, we need some goals too. Like, I mean, like we, you know, we – that would help out if we scored. Well, let's we're going to go there. Let's let's go ahead and hear. Uh, I, I got to ask uh, Coach Nico Estevez uh, uh, a couple questions after the game and the and the post media time. I didn't get to stay for the other uh, players to hear what they had to say. But uh, I asked him first, you know, about what was positive and about the defensive performance. Um, and then I asked him about the lack of success in the final third. And so it's about a three minute clip. Uh, let's hear. Uh, uh, Nico respond. Hey there, uh, Nathan Hill from Big D Soccer. Uh, Coach, you were uh, you, you went up against the the defending supporter cup winner, and uh, and we're just a goal away, a shot on goal from coming away at least with a point. And you know, of course, the penalty kick was an unfortunate thing too. It seemed like the defense played really well and were able to put out the fires and and kind of keep uh, New England from doing any more damage. So could you just rate uh, – how, how would you rate the defensive performance today? And is, is that something that you all have been focusing on? 
in practice. Yes, uh, yeah. thank you for the question. And I, I think uh, the defense, uh, uh, not, not only the defenders, no, the, the entire team that was defending the central mids, we're specifically this week where we're working really hard how to defend the penalty box. Uh, uh, New England is a team that accumulate a lot of players inside the box. They have a big targets there. Uh, you have to be very prepared, very uh, compact to avoid uh, these kind of situations. And then we were working this week uh, a lot on that. I think the, the players did a fantastic job. We were solid. And this is what we're trying to build, a team that can go away, be solid, and then uh, get the points. And this is what we're going to need uh, for the entire season. It's something that um, in last year, the team had some issues uh, being uh, in performing uh, with the back line at that level. And uh, we're very pleased with the work that our, our center backs and, uh, and full backs and central mids did today because uh, they did an amazing job protecting the, the goal. And of course, at the end, we were a little bit more open because we were, were trying to score and to try to, to tie the game. And it's normal that the, t the opponent can get some, some uh, actions where we weren't as, as uh, protected as uh, in the first and the second half. Thank you. And just on the other side of, of it, you know, the offense, you know, just struggled to kind of finish off the attacks. A um, lot of energy, a lot of good effort there. Uh, so do you think this is just a part of it is just that the team is still kind of developing chemistry together and you're still, you have some new faces that you're still just trying to figure each other out and, learn to trust each other or, or are there other some other tactical tweaks that you think are going to need to happen to really unleash this offense well i think is um is a, a little bit about everything right we, i will be worried if we don't create chances but we are creating the chances in uh, also the situations because we don't count the the you know just usually you don't count the chances in the situation but we're putting uh, us ourselves in a good good spot in the opponent uh, penalty votes on the opponent third. And for us, it's probably a little bit to be more patient, not rush the play, that energy that we have, like calm down a little bit, set up, set, settle down the play and, uh, and, and wait a little bit the arriving of the players that are coming from behind uh, to create that movements in the penalty box. I think if we get this, we will be much better and we'll be able to that situations that put us in a good position to create goal scoring opportunities to be goal scoring opportunities to score goals and um, you mentioned also players uh, right now right now that are coming that are new that the tiki that came in in the second half uh, even nanu that came in the second half and he's getting into the team marco farfan is a new player also and his understanding you know so far it's been very very good but uh, of course, we're going to get better. We're going to get that connection uh, uh, right. Yeah, so a little bit of everything. Um, and, and I mean, I like the way he frames it. We're not just looking for, you know, the shots on goals, but also are we getting in good spots? Are we creating those possibilities? And so I, I do think, you know, I think he's he's spot on there that, you know, the team is doing some things really well. Uh, but they're having trouble finishing. They're having trouble finding that final pass, that final opportunity and when they do it's the shots are are uh wayward <laughs> we're just uh you know so let's get into this conversation that we had after the game is is key to that is our striker uh situation and jesus ferreira had a great season last year he signed the designated player deal but so far this season um not exactly you know it's only two games in 
so far in these first two games, we kind of wanted a little bit more from him. So, yeah, so let's get into this. And we had a little good banter going on behind the scenes this week. So, Ismail, what do you think? Are, are you disappointed with Jesus? So, my first point would be, well, last year he had eight goals, nine assists. And we consider that to be a very good season for an attacking mid. And I think, yeah, it was a very good season. Um, his expectations change, not only when he became the striker for the team, but also when he got that $2 million, um, the, like he got that nice little DP deal. His expectations are, have changed now. It's not just, well, you're a homegrown. We, we like you. We like the player you are. We've seen how you play. You have different expectations. He makes the same as Rui Diaz. Um, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to expect double digits this year at the bare minimum for goals. Um, and I understand it's only two games, but I really like to overreact because then you're not disappointed if it turns out they do very well, if he does very well. So he had one touch in the box last game. And that one touch was the shot that went, um, that skied over the goal. That was his one touch. Now, he did get into the box. It wasn't like he was just camping in zone 14 or playing in the midfield the entire game. He did get into the box. But it's the wingers aren't going to keep, they're not going to miss him with passes or crosses. If he's not getting the ball in the box, that means that he is not getting into positions where the wingers can pass him the ball. He's not getting into the positions like right behind the defenders for like a through ball or an over-the-top ball. He's not doing these things, which are important things for a striker. Now, this is New England. They're very good defensively. Um, Toronto, he had three touches in the box, which weren't shots. I, I still don't think that's a great ratio for a, for a striker. So, I mean, again, this we. I'll, it's an overreaction, maybe. Hopefully, in retrospect, it is. Um, but there needs to be improvement. Like, that's the expectation. He's making $2 million a year. It, it can't be that he gets in the box and gets the and gets to touch the ball in the box two or three times in a game. And maybe one of those times it's a goal, like, every three games. There has to be more, like, emphasis of, like, getting into these positions and getting better chances or else we're going to have issues going up top yeah. this year. Jose. Well, I, my response was basically I, I was defending issues because there's people panicking already two games in and, and freaking out about him not getting touched in the ball in the box. I, I mean, yes, you can go by the stats, and he only touches this many that times or that time, or this, this many times. And I agree he should touch it more. My thing was people were saying that he wasn't getting in the box. He, he is getting in the box, but I think it's a fair thing to say that his timing is off, that you can see that maybe he, he wasn't getting there uh, at the right time because when the balls – there were some balls that did go his way that you could see he was, you know, a second late or half, or half second late. And, and I think that's fair. I think that also has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, the, the people crossing the ball to him are also not – really people that he's used to playing. I mean, you know, you got O'Brien on the left, he's 
no left winger. I'm sorry. You got Ariola on the right, who's still getting used to. Uh, yes, I know they, they, I know they played in the USMT together, but that doesn't mean that they're comfortable. You know, it doesn't mean that they've built that rapport. Uh, hopefully, it means that they'll build it faster. Uh, you got Farfan, you got Tomasi, who, you know, uh, not really offensive-minded fullbacks. I don't think they did that good of a job of getting the, the, the ball crossed. And I, I'm not panicking. I'm, I'm, I think it's safe to worry. You should worry. Um, I'm more concerned with the, with the, who's behind him, you know, because there's added pressure on him to perform because there's no plan B right now. There's no, you know, as much as we harped on Hara, he's not even available. And who's the number three guy? I think the number three guy is Redsick. I think it's Redsick. Or, or Metkehar, who are not strikers. I mean, really, I think so. so I'm not too concerned with it. I, I worry, if, you know, I, I, I've said before, I think I wasn't too happy with this preseason. I thought it was really short. Uh, the team's not 100%. Velasco isn't even here. And I think this whole month is like an extended preseason. And if I don't see improvement from Jesus, you know, heading into April, then maybe I'll start worrying a little, you know. I, I think this is just an extent, a, a prolonging of that preseason. Because the season, we're used to starting, you know, a lot later than this. You know, I, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. To me, I'm not panicked. I, th- I, I like what I saw from Jesus. I thought he did. He wasn't, he didn't drop as far back as he did against Toronto, though he was still doing it too much for my liking. And and I think I've said before, I blame that on Lucci basically making him more of a midfielder and asking him to play that way. And now you got to shake him out of the habit saying, you know, his suits, you need to. And I'm sure, I'm sure Nico and him are working with him on that. And it'll take a little time for him to basically not do it. By the way, he had more touches than any of the other attackers because he was doing that. I'm not, I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying that he, maybe he was frustrated at not getting the ball higher. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think um, Nico in, his, in, the, in the clip we just watched, I think he kind of addressed some of these things that, you know, hey, uh, are, are we making the right pass? Are we, are we giving ourselves that – can we take that extra half a second to give a chance for – that that runner to, to to get a little better position or you know uh i think i think uh so i i think it obviously is there's just a lot of these little things that are being worked on um and and but some of it yeah is, is jesus getting in the right positions is he making the right run at the right time uh it, it's just a lot of these things because it just seems like at times that it's almost there it's really good looking and then that it just it just doesn't quite work out. And of course, we saw that a lot last season, um, and and I think some folks would wonder, hey, are we seeing a repeat of that? And I, I hope not. It'll be a long it'll be a long season if so. Uh, but there's time. I think there is time for this team to continue to work out. And I do think Velasco is going to be a difference maker. Um, I, well, I, he better be <laughs> for the cash they 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 laid out for him. He bet he better be right. Uh, you know. I and, think- yeah, I want to say that I think I think he will not necessarily in the way that we envision him. I know some people are like, "Oh, for that money, he's got to score this many goals, he's going to assist." I, I view him more as a disruptor 
I think he's a guy who's going to come in and simply put panic on the defenses because of some of the stuff that he's going to do, not necessarily scoring. But if, if the defense is suddenly, you know, trying to figure out how to prevent this guy from making dangerous runs, it frees up things for everybody else. And I think that's the kind of player you can expect, a guy who's going to basically do some stuff that you're going to go, wow, did he just do that? You know, maybe he's not going to score goals. I don't really expect him to be a goal-scoring machine or an assist machine, but I do expect him to break some ankles out there and 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 give defenses fit to the point where they have to adjust in his direction. And all of a sudden, Jesus, Cervania, uh, all the guys on the opposite suddenly seem to have a little more room. And I think that's the kind of player you can expect, and, and we could certainly use that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, you know, we're talking about O'Brien. He's he's not a left. He's not a left winger. He had that one beautiful pass where where if he just had a left foot and he he could have gotten a clean shot, and he never could because he does. He's got no left foot. He's not a left footed striker. I think he's. I know what he was doing, but you were like, Jesus Christ, man, take that shot. But you can't blame him because he's playing opposition. Yes, he's. You know, you said okay. You can go really fast on the right side and get to the corner. Go do that on the other side, and that's I mean, he can do it. But think of how wonderful it's going to be to have uh, Velasco starting, and then having yes. a guy like Obreon coming off the bench, you know, against defenders right. who have tired legs. I- I'm looking forward to that. But all of a sudden, I think you're not going looking at the last eight, uh, ten, fifty minutes. Going, man, it's not going to happen because no, now you've I- got. Now you've got some nightmares coming off the bench, which is what we're missing right now. So I don't have a problem with Jesus. I think Jesus, his passing was 84, 86% good last game. Um, let's go rewind to the first game. He had a couple of instances where he would have been one-on-one with the keeper, but Ariola didn't get the ball to him. And it's, that's not Jesus's fault. When you're the forward, you need service. That ball's got to come to you. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he took an extra touch, and the other one with the pass was off. And hey, this would have been one-on-one with the keeper. Um, yesterday, uh, uh, this past game, not yesterday, but this past weekend, he had that perfect pass to Obreon. It left him in the box, in the six, on the keeper, and he kicked it right to the keeper, right? Didn't score. That would have changed the game because we would have been up 1-0, and then that would have caused New England to get out of their defensive shape, attack more. What happened? We gave up the PK. We got down. So what New England sits back, right? That changes the whole game. Um, I don't. I, I think that we have to just be patient and understand that there's 11 players on the field that, that takes a score. He's not messy. He's still learning to – I want to say he's learning how to play forward. He's been playing forward. He knows how to play the game. But it takes 11 players to give you space on the field. And if O'Brien's not getting the attention because – Oh, we know that if he's on the wing, I don't have to guard them. We only have to worry about him beating us behind us. Then there's a different way you play Jesus, right? But if you got Velasco on the wing and you know that if this guy gets the ball, he can also dribble past us. Imagine two people, three people going with him and leave, leaving Jesus open in the box. Jesus will get his goals then. We've seen it already in the USA when he played with, in the forward. He had, what, three goals? He, he was on fire. No doubt this guy is a stud. Pereira, I have no doubt, and but it takes a team effort to to get open. You know, you just can't do it by yourself. I mean, so I think 
all of these are like decent points. I I think the some of the issues I have is that we keep saying that this month is like an extra month of preseason. Um, if you think of this month as the extra month of preseason, and then next month is like the start of the year, which is like stuff is still kind of rocky, and you've gone through a fourth of the year. Uh, we can't keep thinking in these terms. You got a shorter preseason, um, and we have signings coming in late. That's just the reality. Now, well, we're ahead of we last year, to... right? <laughs> yeah, but la- last year the season started later than usual. Now right. it's earlier when, than but, usual. But when did Sean come in? When who else came he's in? Talking about, yeah. He's talking about we didn't get people till May. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. didn't get Quinone didn't show up till May. Uh, yeah, like it was that. worse last year. We we have we're ahead yeah. of schedule compared to last year. But yeah, ahead, and I'm then gonna... with 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 Jesus again, uh, I would be more hopeful if like he did because we kept talking how he's basically played in Lucci system for a long time. That's actually a legitimate worry because the only times basically for the past like seven, eight years of his career that he's not played under Lucci until this year, we're with the U.S. men's national team. Um, and that means that he's had to adjust his whole way of playing, added the $2 million like wage pressure, the DP tag pressure. Mm. Um, these are all legitimate pressures that are going to affect his game. But I don't think we've really seen much to prove that he can play in um in nico system we think he can do it because we know he's quality and we know he's uh he he has talent but we haven't seen him do it so the fact that in these first two games like he played better versus toronto than he did against new england it's also worth noting toronto just lost 5-1 at home against the new york red bulls so Toronto is not very good defensively. Um, and he still wasn't able to do that much in that game, except for mm-hmm. the Areola ch- the chance mm-hmm. that Areola was offside for. There wasn't much in the box. So, again, we're hopeful. And I think we're right to be hopeful because Jesus has played different roles for Lucci in the past, but they've all been for Lucci. That's all it's been, and it's been like three, four games for the U.S. where he scored goals against like Guadalupe or something. I forget who it was. I mean, those aren't games where we could say, "See, he can play in a different system." Uh, we we can't really extrapolate anything from that. It's a U.S. Well, M&T game against a, an opponent that's not great. So in, I don't in know. In the interview, in the interview that we like- just played with Nico, I, just real quick. Uh, one thing I think we have to take note is when did you ever hear Lucci say last year that we had a lot of chances in the box? Go look at the film. We get we're getting chances in the box. We haven't scored, um, you know, except for the one last week, uh, the first game. But we are getting a lot of chances in the box. We got to finish those those balls, you know. So that changes the game when you go ahead. But go ahead. I, I like how Ismail keeps throwing out the two million dollar figure. Like, <laughs> I, I you know. It's fair to say that Jesus played like a DP last year. He his stats were on par with guys getting paid two million. Yeah. So I, I don't see that as an issue. I mean, they're basically saying, you know, very likely they say, hey, we want to keep you, so we're gonna pay you like you performed 
I think he showed that he deserves that money. I'm not. I don't think the money is an issue. Uh, and, and you know, and honestly, he's still a young player. The, the problem with young players, and as opposed to say a guy like Ariola, who's you know a solid vet, twenty what, twenty six, twenty seven years old, you know, it, he's he's in his prime. Jesus is still not there, and one of the issues with younger players is they tend to go with peaks and valleys, and you you kind of hope that that. You know, as he progresses, as he plays longer, those peaks and valleys start, you know, leveling out and you get a consistent play game in, game out. We're not seeing that yet. And, and yes, that's, that's a sign of concern. I mean, sure. But like I said, it's, I think, I I'm, I don't think money's the issue. I'm sorry. I, I don't think it is. I think they're just paying him what his performance says he should be getting paid. And, and, also, maybe they paid him a little extra to make sure he didn't leave. You know, you don't want somebody who's dreaming of leaving. Uh, could you imagine if if Pepe wasn't sold and people find out that there was a $20 million offer on the table? That would ruin our season right there. You'd have a disgruntled striker who's dreaming of going to Europe and his team just turned on the big offer. You don't have to worry about that with his suits. So I don't think that's an issue. But I think all the other concerns are legit. It, it's new system, new coach, new, you know, I think Nico's still trying to figure out also what I'm, I know people are going to say he should already know this. He should have all the video and all that stuff. But in reality, I don't think he does not to the level that Lucci had, for example, because Lucci played with all these kids, you know, through the Academy. So he'd been them, with them for years. Months isn't going to make up for that. So I think Nico is still figuring out what he's got. And he's still trying to coach them all up and get them all on the same page. And I don't think the whole team is the same page. And I think that's fair. You know, I think Toronto went on and lost by one. I mean, Austin is blowing out teams for crying out loud. <laughs> and so, so I think it says a lot that this team has played, you know, 500 ball. And a PK is the only reason that they lost. Yeah, I'd like to see more offense. And I think the offense will come. I think the signs are there that the offense is coming. Yeah. Well, the one thing but I would until, say I'm disappointed with. Yeah. Okay. I'll just say until it comes, though, I think we have every right to work. Uh, I'll just say the one thing I'm disappointed with thus far, and it's very early, and it, it it's just that I expected more from Paul Ariola being a U.S. men's national team player. I don't think that he, he didn't have a very – I don't think he had a great offensive game on on this past weekend, and I, and I just haven't seen that level. I, you know, and, and, and just falling around and just the kind of the antics going on, it didn't seem very U.S. men national team level like to me. I, I like his antics. This team needs that. This team doesn't have that that line out there that says "Don't mess with my Cubs." And this guy does that. This guy, I, I saw him barking at Cervania for for not, or Cerillo for not making a pass forward when he was when when there was a, a play to yeah, I guess, for being too I guess. defensive. You see him out there barking at people, barking at the kids. He's teaching them. He's saying, "Hey, if you would, you know, where's that ball? You know, you're, you're, you know, you worry about I, a team last year that was cycling the ball backwards. Some of that mentality is still there. You see Ariel out there barking at them to push the ball forward to be. I, I, you know, 
go back to the first game. He had the volley in the box, went flying over the goal, and he's just smiling. <laughs> you know, and he's like waving. I'm like, dude, you got to finish that. And then there's like, you know, he's one-on-one with the keeper, and he doesn't give him the ball. I'm like, you got to do this if you want to play a World Cup, sir. You know, yeah. and I, I'm I mean, sorry. To be, I, I, yeah, yeah. To, to, to be fair, Paul Ariola has not scored double digits in any season he's been in MLS. That's not why he gets called up to the national team. He has not gotten double digits in assists either. That's not why he's getting called up. He's getting called up because he will run for 90 minutes and he won't stop. And, I mean, that's what we paid $2 million for. I think a lot of – $2 million in GAM. I know it's fake money. But, uh, like, I know people were like, it's GAM. It doesn't really matter. It's fake money. I mean – but they, I think people also expected like 10, 12 goals. That's not going to happen. I mean, the most he's ever scored in MLS, like in one season, was seven goals in 2018. I mean, and, and the other years has been like six or six. It, it's, it's, yeah. this is not, he's not going to be like, that's why we need like, this is why, like, again, I don't want to keep harping back to Jesus, but like, that's why I worry. If he can't play the striker position, because Ariel is not going to score the goals. Velasco, this is his new year in MLS. He's not going to score the goals. Obreon's definitely not going to score the goals. None of the midfield can score double digits. I mean, so, I mean, that's the real worry. Like, All right, if so we have, I'll like, go on record. Nathan, go ahead. That's fair to say. That's fair mm-hmm. to say, but it is fair to say that they're all capable of scoring six to eight goals. Yeah, I, I would okay, say maybe, my, maybe, my three leaders are going to be getting some good, getting some Jesus, good stuff here. Jesus, Obreon, and Velasco will be our top three scorers at the end of the year. We'll go ahead and write it down. Put my name on it. I want to I want to add one more thing though. Uh, you know, I, I do like the fact that they're keeping Surreal as the lone number six, and they're keeping Paxton and Serena up high. But let's face it, Serena isn't really on the same level of creativity as Paxton. And I think that hurts a little not having another offensive minded. I mean, he's getting better at attacking, but let's face it, Serena is more of a true box to box. I mean, that guy runs all over the place. So I'm not knocking him for that, but I'm just saying when it comes to being a creative playmaker, you've got Paxton on the left and he's paired up with Obreon. And then you've got Serena on the right. And he's paired up with Areola. And I think there's a little imbalance there where maybe having another another player along the lines of Paxton, uh, uh, you know, would help a little. A little, you know, where, where if you wanted to play more defensively uh, and and keep your shape, you'd use Cervania, who can definitely help Serial out as as a you know with his with his. Uh, I mean, he was helping Tomasi a lot. I could see that, you know, but. Uh, I think that's another issue is, is you, you've got, sure, you got two number eights, but really, Patrick is the only creator of the two. Serena has a ton of hustle, and, and, and he does he does do some things, but, I mean, is he going to be the guy that, that breaks open the defense? No, he's not. Yeah, but, I mean, you you can't really expect a team with a three-man midfield to use two of those positions as, like, breaking the breaking the line passing through the defenders kinds of players like generally when you play a three-man midfield you're gonna have the defensive minded one the attacking minded one and then the box to box one 
that's like if you play with two attack-minded players and then you have Paxton and this X-Factor pushing up and you leave Cerillo against like two midfielders running at him and a striker starting to push up forward yeah, like in a counter-attack with the center-backs, it's not going to be great. So, I mean, Serenia does his job. It, it, I mean, Yeah, it, I, I think he's having a more, great start. I'm talking about more when you need the goals. I mean, let's face it, 0-0 and you're pushing to try to get that goal then you should have yeah. that guy in your back pocket. You should mm-hmm. be able to make an offensive substitute. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. They don't have that. Is, is that why you keep talking about Thomas Roberts? Uh, <laughs> yes, I think Thomas Roberts is built for this system. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think he beat Lucci's system at all, and you can see the frustration. And he'll be back right. in May. And, and, and people are saying, where's that? Where, we, we're, we need help in the midfield. We all know it. Why isn't it coming? Why isn't it coming? Okay. Coming he's had minutes. He's had experience. And, yeah. And and let's face it, he's going to be here in May. The team's got two months to see him and see if he's the answer or not. So, so what do y'all think I'm about King Young? Him. What do you think about King Young coming in? How did he look to you guys? I I thought he's the rumor was he was having a, a strong preseason, but I, eh, you know, it's fine. I mean, well, I, I didn't was, see anything bad or better one. Nothing stood out bad, but I don't, I don't, you know, he didn't look slow. It looked like he was in better shape. The veteran guy. I mean, he was solid. He, he was solid. Uh, so if you say it's even and, and Quinone and Cerillo are both at the same level, then you got to play Cerillo because Cerillo is going to improve and Quinone is not. So I, I mean, think that's my take on that. What, what's clear, guys, is the X factor here on this team is Frank O'Hara. The, one uh, yes. of the, the, the <laughs> highest paid DPs ever oh, for so. And we're missing him. Like, we're missing him. I mean, but he would have played a role in a game like this. You bring him in late and let him. Well, you know. Also, Sean, hey, hey, not having yeah. Sean Velasco. Yeah. Hey, to, to be fair, that's um, Hara is another six to eight goal player. So, I mean, he matches the rest of the attack. Yeah. All Hara does <laughs> is score goals. But I, and And I will say this, though. Here's where, where, where not having Hara hurts. Is there's people out there that think Jesus plays better as a secondary striker, and at the end, Dallas goes to a – the last both games, they've gone to a 4-4-2. It would be Hara and Jesus, and it would actually, in theory – I'm not saying I'm not saying it's true, but we won't know until we see it. There's people that think that Jesus would play better having that other striker. Two there strikers, is no other yeah. striker right now. There's no, well, there's no saying- other striker is my point. So it's hurting Jesus also not having that other striker. I'm just saying, I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying we're not 100%, and, and it's really obvious in the later of the game, you know, the last when you go to the bench, that's when you can see that, okay, the, the bench is, is, is not, doesn't have the answers. There's no answers on the bench. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have players that can give you solid minutes and, and – and, and, yeah. and, We'll probably be able to start, but as far as guys that are going to come in and change the game, I, I don't. I, I still say it's unfortunate we gave up the PK because I, I think that we end up either getting a point or a victory. Um, I think the team played well, uh, but you know that PK was just boneheaded. Well, let's yeah. let's uh, shift to uh, this coming weekend. Uh, FC Dallas welcomes is back home. And you always prefer some home cooking, and maybe that's uh, just what the team kind of needs as they continue to kind of build. 
Uh, and and but they welcome a, a team that's playing well. Nashville FC um, is now in the Western Conference, of course. And uh, but and it started the season off with four points, a win at home against Seattle, and then a draw on the road against Minnesota and Nashville. We know they're going to be stingy. We know that they've had FC Dallas's number uh, in the past. Um, we know they know but, how to win in Toyota. Yeah, yeah, they know how to win. They know how to grind out a game. Um, but uh, you know, you still expect three points here for FC Dallas, and it's not that Nashville is unbeatable. It's just tough to play on the road. So, but we know it's going to be kind of game where like to use the football metaphor, inches matter, right? You know, it's like just those that that little. A little foul on the heel makes a big difference in a in a tight game. So, uh, what what's y'all's what do y'all think? How are you feeling about the game and kind of what's your prediction for this Saturday? Um, Tommy, we'll start with you. I think the team's going to come out and play. I think they're going to get a lot of chances. If they can get a lead, then it'll be the first time. Oh, we had the lead already once and we gave up the lead, but. Um, I, I expect them to come out and play. Uh, we'll see if Alaska gets to take the the field. I wasn't really sure why he didn't get into the to the game at all because I know he'd been tr- training, but apparently you know maybe he needed more time with the team. Uh, we will see if, if Sean's healthy and Hara is healthy and how we, every every little game is a little bit more insight of how this coach is going to take this team this year. You know we saw different sub patterns. It was the same lineup but different subs, um, and we see that Nico's playing to win. You know, and I like that we're getting chances in the box. I think we need better play on the left wing, um, but it's it's been a good start. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm I'm happy with what I'm seeing compared to last year because last year was like the lowest I've seen as far as the play on the field. It was really bad at the end where players I think were quitting on the play. Uh, I'm really I think it's it's going up. I want to say that that having one or two points from two home games is completely unacceptable. You know, I'm, I'm the most optimistic of people, but we need three points. I mean, is it a must win? This early? I think so. I think you want to set the pace, you know? I mean, I think we saw this last year with the team struggling at home and, and set them for draws. And, and that set the tone for the rest of the season. They need a they need a win. They need to... It's a young team, and they need a win for that confidence to say, see, it's working. So I think I'm okay. I don't care how they get it. Is it one zero, two one, four to three? I honestly don't care how they do it, but they need to. They need a win at home. So otherwise, I mean, if you think some people are worried now, I think they'll be in, in full panic, even if it's a draw. You know, I, I, you gotta. Nobody wants to see one, one or two points from the first two home games. You got to get a, a W in there because your next game after this is Portland, and all of a sudden you're looking at a what one to two points out of four matches. That's nobody wants to start. I know I keep saying it to extend a preseason this and that, but at the end of the day, you got to win at home. Got to win at home. I mean, to be fair, uh, we <laughs> said that Nash Nashville is 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 not an unbeatable team. They're as unbeatable as you can get. They lost the least amount of games last year. Uh, I actually think the Portland game is an easier win than this one. I mean, they Nashville just beat Sounders in Seattle, which was 
like like in the first game of the season, which was kind of nuts. It wasn't like like a squeaky one zero. Seattle had nothing against Nashville. Uh, I think their defense will be a very interesting again. How many uh, touches Jesus gets in the box? You know, since we keep harping back to that fact, uh, I think uh, Velasco playing in that game. If I'm expecting that's his first start, I really hope so because at this point, then he'll have two weeks, um, which, and I think at that point, since he was doing uh, his own like training, uh, like like personal training, it's not like he's unfit. It was just like getting him accustomed, and you also don't want him to start his first game on the road, on turf in the cold. Yeah, on cold in cold Boston on turf. Like, that's yeah. not a great, great place yeah. to play him. So, I mean, I expect him to play Nashville, if not start. But, and just to break down that defense is going to be tough. Uh, uh, I'm sadly expecting a draw, but I'm going to say a 3 1 win just to be the optimist yeah. I'm always at. Yeah, I think I, 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 I'm happy with a 2 1 win. Um, or you know maybe a one nothing win and it's Dallas who gets a penalty kick or something, but you're right I misread it I thought uh, uh, Nashville played Seattle at home, but you're right it was in Seattle which is a tough place to to yeah, win in this league. That's incredible. I, I want to add an asterisk to that because you got to remember that Seattle is in the Concacaf Champions League, and and so is New England. And mind you, I was stunned that New England rolled out a full strength team considering they got a match on Wednesday against the Mexican club. So uh, I was telling people this, when New England fails to advance because they drop points that they shouldn't drop in midweek against the Mexican team, it's because they put greater emphasis on getting the win against Dallas at home than getting the points in CONCACAF Champions League. That's, that's something that teams have to decide. Seattle emphasizes Champions League. So I'm not stunned that they lost at home because okay. they didn't it's not wasn't their priority. That's New England, point. on the other hand, said we're not losing at home. We need this win. We'll figure out how to advance the Champions League afterwards. So I was stunned that they played a full strength and they played. They didn't pull them. They didn't pull them, you know, the seventy I was expecting them to get pulled early. They didn't. So so I mean it's not I'm not criticizing them. I'm saying that was their decision. They basically said, if we have to win one game this week, it's going to be against Dallas, and they played for the win there. And and they could have rolled out a one, you know, a B team and focused on Wednesday, and they didn't. So I'm, I'm sure their fans are happy with the win. You know, that's something that Seattle decided not to do, and so I don't think it's the same thing. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Um, our, our buddy Ben here says, you know, hoping to see if we that we continue to play the way we have, but not expecting any points. So it's it's early to have despair set in, Ben. But but we are FC Dallas fans, and hey, things don't always go our way. I mean, talking talking about a bench, like how the benches compare. We have a uh, Redzik as our backup striker, and yeah. Nashville have a $7.2 million DP who is not starting, who is their backup striker. So, so yes. they got Hara 2.0. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. 
You improved. Keep, keep in mind, except for Ariola, our attacking is the same as last year, and, and Velasco is going to be that money coming in to make you know the goal differential that Dan Hunt talked about. He hasn't even stepped on the field yet, and so um, I think this guy's you know fingers crossed. He's a difference maker. So, so I, I want to also bring up one thing: is is Obrian's never really been a very good defensive winger. So like Ariola, you can see hustles back to help get to Amasi and stuff like that. And you have you've had Obrian with Farfan behind him. Farfan has been excellent defensively, by the way. And that's and, a great and pick. So, and so we haven't we haven't had to worry about Obrian's lack of defensive help. I'm curious to see what kind of you know presence on both sides Velasco has when we finally get to see him. You know. Because if he offers any any you know, let's say he offers any defensive effort along the lines of what Ariola offers, it frees up a guy like Perfan or someone like that to to push forward more, or frees up you know, let's face it, let's not forget he's going to be lined up next to Paxton, and that's got to be exciting too. So yeah, I, 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 when getting, I think about Velasco coming I'm on the high. field, is not to play defense. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But you want I'm just saying in, in Nico's system, you want you want your wingers to be able to play defense. They got to be solid defensively. I don't think oh, no one, everyone's, anyone's ever accused Obion of being a solid defensive player. Well, let's let's leave it there. It's a very good conversation. Um, we're cautiously hopeful for this weekend. We know the season's going to be a slog, but um, you know there are things, there are reasons to be optimistic. It seems like about this Absolutely. team, but there's still lots of uh, lots of pieces work in progress. All right. So, oh. thanks everybody my, my, for my my yeah. official prediction is one zero in case I didn't make that clear. Okay, one zero Dallas. Well, thanks everybody. Hello, all, all the all the comments, everybody. Hoach there, Ben, Javier, Todd, Christian. Um, thank you all for yeah. for keeping us uh, on our toes here. And uh, of course, remember we'll be uploading this um, by tomorrow to our podcast site. You can find it at anchor.fm slash big d after dark also link on big in the latest after dark preview article ishmael tommy jose thank you thank you for spending part of your yeah. evening here and uh we'll see you all next week go see dallas hope the weather's nice <laughs> it was cold last time <laughs>